Hi, this is Giuseppe. Hi, this is Anthony. And you're listening to For the Love of Sophia. A philosophy podcast brought to you by the Public Philosophy Project. If you have any questions or suggestions, feel free to email us at publicphilproject at gmail.com. Enjoy the ride. Okay, so hey guys. Back. One more week. <laughs> One more week. Uh, hopefully closer to the end of this. Yeah, hopefully we're we're by the time they listen to this, we're out, right? Yep, and they're hugging and touching and all that good stuff. <laughs> that, that would not be bad, right? That would not be bad. But today we're gonna talk about education. Exactly, one of those. And we were hinting um, to this during our justice episode. Yes, uh, we were talking about that a little bit. We were mentioning uh, in, in relation to this positive rights, right? Mm. Um, that was the the link to the discussion, but and back then we said we need to do an episode on education alone because it's interesting, right? It it seems to be central to a lot of stuff. Yeah, and I'm even thinking we uh, before that we touched a lot upon it in the ethics episode as well, probably yes. Because I remember you saying something like, "Oh, this is turning into pedagogy or something like that." So we've indirectly done it a few times, and we decided. You know what? It's it's time. It's it's time to do that. Yes, um, I think that you know probably a good way to start is describing it. And you know, both of us are educators, whatever mm. that means, right? <laughs> Supposedly. <laughs> Supposedly. Um, and I think that there is a baseline for for education. There is a specific um, a specific thing that people think about, which is probably the set of these activities that have to do with learning and teaching, right? Mm, That sounds right. That is like, I think if we ask like 100 people, like 90% of these people will say, 90 of these people will say, yeah, it's somewhat is related to teaching and learning stuff, right? Yes, definitely. And um, it is also most likely related to specific institutions. People will think, right, school, uh, and uh, college, universities, mm-hmm. and so on. Um, and I think that that's the baseline, right? Yeah, so we could probably start by making this distinction between education conceptually mm-hmm. and then education in terms of uh, how you get there right so the means and the end and of, and of course this is already complicated by the fact that some people will say that the the means is the end to a certain extent um but i guess i mean more so as you said institutionally we could mm-hmm. talk about that so maybe let's let's start in good old socratic fashion by asking this question what is education i mean what is the the first thing that comes to mind um and, and again, we can go, uh, we can start with, with the Greeks there, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm thinking, uh, and there actually there are two ways in which we can look at this. I think even back then, there's Socrates himself, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and this idea that education means getting, um, how do people get educated through a specific methodology, right? Through the dialogues, 
uh, that, that he has through discussions that he has. But at the end of the day, education means uh, becoming part of this group that is the city for the Greeks, right? Mm. Being able to to participate, an educated man back then, right? That's mm. the only one that got educated. Um, is somebody who's able to do what at the end of the day? To partake in political discussions, right? So there's already a widening because I think usually when we when we think of education, we restrict it to the intellectual arts, yes. and we detach the intellectual arts from the from the practical or the political. Whereas for these guys, there was an inherent connection between, let's say, the virtues of thought and then the virtues of character, which manifest in, in political action. Exactly, and. Things get even worse when we when we think about Plato, right? Mm. <laughs> because in that case, and I think that that is Plato's version of education. It's probably the the how can we call it the forefather of of what we have today of the institutional education that we have today, right? Uh, Plato's pretty clear that you know uh, indoctrination pretty much is what creates good citizens. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's the goal. The goal of all these things that we have people study, at least on a base level, is to make sure that they stay in their place, right? The, yeah. great, the, the greater majority of people. Um, we need to form, uh, today we would say, uh, citizens. Mm. Uh, we need to have well-adjusted citizens, law-abiding citizens. That's the main goal for the majority of the people. Right, and because so much of this is, let's say, psychological, you have to start young, right? Yeah. You mold the young minds, and we do that up until this day because a lot of it is about forming habit. Another yes. thing, especially which, which Aristotle yes. talked about. So you want to um, internalize traits which make it so that you act in ways, in good ways habitually, yes. so that you become an overall good person. And being an overall good person means it's not just about what happens in here, mm-hmm. but it's about how you actualize the stuff that's happening inside your head. And I'm thinking, uh, so in Italian education, you use the same word. So somebody is somebody who's educated. Uh, in English, you would say it means also that somebody is polite. It's the same word. Oh, interesting. So there is this idea that you get into good manners, right? You behave the right way. Mm. To be educated means also that, right? The, the word is the same, of course, used in two different ways. Well, I have Should, to ask now, what's the Italian word? Because I'm sure people are ed- like, oh, I want to hear him speak Italian. Uh, educato. It's, mm, it's very okay. similar. So. Um, but it is, it is interesting, and I've always, always thought that this gives a layer of what we're talking about here, right? It kind mm. of adds a layer that uh, this habit of which you're talking about, right? of behaving the right way. This connection is even more clear in that language uh, because they use the same word pretty much. And to be clear, um, when the Greeks and when we are talking about habit, Mm -hmm. we don't mean habit for the sake of habit. We don't mean following rules for the sake of rules or structure for the sake of structure, right? We are talking about having these things for a specific end, which ultimately, as we all know, is to live the good life. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, just have desks and uniforms and white walls and someone 
depositing information into you and then you just internalize it because you're a robot. It's like, no, that's not what we mean by habit because there are bad habits. It's about bringing out the best in someone, allowing someone to to flourish or or to live well, to have that good spirit and, and achieve what Aristotle would call eudaimonia. Exactly. And I think it's interesting uh, what you just said because he puts this in perspective, right? And the perspective is, well, this educational thing, education is not something, it's not like a package, right, that I just pass it on to you. Right. It's not, it's just rather for them was a lifelong quest, right? It was this keep on reinforcing certain habits, acquiring new ones, polishing some others. And this will be the thing that you do throughout your life, um, which I find it interesting. And considering that it's not education, maybe we can say is not necessarily a thing, but a process Hmm. at this point, right? If it is a process, maybe we can try to figure out what kind of a process it is. What what does it involve, right? What what are the necessary conditions hmm. there uh, to have somebody uh, partaking in this process? What needs to be happening there uh, for us to say, "Hey, you are in the process of getting educated," uh, not from an institutional level, right? because institutionally you need to be going to school, right? Yeah, you right. Need to be right. in a specific grade to get a degree, uh, graduate from kinder- kindergarten to college. You're graduating. A million times, right? Uh, but what is really, what are the necessary condition, you know, uh, that need to be there in order for us to say, hey, you are, we are in the process of education? Well, I think even before answering that, because I do mm-hmm. want to come back to this, we need to, the fact that you've already said it's a process mm-hmm. is a point to focus on for a little bit, because I think this idea is lost upon so many people. I mean, when things become cliches, they lose meaning. People Absolutely. don't take them seriously, right? So a, a cliche that exists, at least in American culture, is that you know education and learning is a lifelong process. And you hear this when you're a little kid and you're like, oh, that's corny or something, right? <laughs> and as with many things, when you get older, you realize that a lot of the things you brushed off when you were younger actually shouldn't have been brushed off and are things you can only understand when you get older. But I think that things have been set up in a way that allowed that to become a cliche and that have also resulted in people conflating education and school. Yes. So they say, okay, get an education. What you mean by that is continually going to school. And hey, I hate school because there's all these arbitrary rules because the they're teaching me in an ineffective way because the things that they're teaching are bad because they don't look at me as people because it seems like I'm doing it just to do it, right? Because the people who are supposed to be in charge of the educational institutions aren't good at contextualizing everything they're talking about and the purpose. So the fact that it's it's a process is already lost because True. there's this conflating and clicheifying of of education and going to school which is something else to talk about right absolutely absolutely and i wonder if we can if there's a way for us to kind of take these two things apart right how can we how can we dissociate these two things? Because it mm. seems to be hard to do at this point, right? Um, I'm in 100% agreement with you that the two things are not synonymous, especially today. 
and that uh, the school system uh, from beginning to end, it, have, it might have to do something with education, but I think that it's very, it's, it's only a part of what the school system does, mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to put it mildly, right? And I think that there is much more to education than just going to school. Again, assuming that that is education at all, yeah. Uh, first of all, uh, because and I guess, uh, what is, when do you think not not so much when, but uh, how do you think this this happened? How did we end up conflating these two things? Hmm. What was that that did that? Was it the fact that you know that I'm we all of a sudden things. started starting equating education with information or something like that with passing information down? I don't know. So I'm thinking two things, and the one is more convoluted. So let me let me start with it. Um, so I got to back up a little bit. So <laughs> yeah. you know how in the in the first essay of uh, the genealogy of morals, Nietzsche talks about how, like, oh, originally there was this idea that altruism was good uh, because, like, someone benefited from it. Right, because there was this like consequentially good thing that happened, but Mm -hmm. then over time we say that the the consequential aspect got lost, and so we started thinking that altruism for the sake of altruism was good. Yes, I think something similar happened with education, where initially we set up schools as a means of, you know, attaining things like the Greek ideals, right? But over time, as people were dying and generations went on and went on. Things became detextualized. We didn't see the larger picture. We had become so detached from that original historical standpoint that it just became doing it for the sake of doing it. So I think mm. that's that's one aspect, and that mostly relates to, let's say, K through high school. Okay. And then the second thing I was thinking in regards to uh, university or college education, which is the, the more fun one, um, Hmm. The the initial thing I was thinking, I was actually just reading this um, the other day in, in, in the Jonathan Haidt book about how over the past maybe 20 years or something like that, more administrators were hired than professors <laughs> because yeah. professors, understandably so, don't want to do administrative duties that they believe is kind of pointless and hinders their ability to focus on their research and teaching. But as a result of that, they started having less power yeah. and the administrators started gaining more power. And when that happens, money starts being allotted differently and then they're detached from what education is. So they spend it differently and they make rules that don't make sense to the educators. And it becomes this one big like corporate model where we're just focused on how can we make money? How can mm-hmm. we get the funding from the state? How can we retain students? And so they're incentivized to make money, which means sacrificing integrity sometimes. Hmm. Um, so I'll add to it. I think that um, there is on a, on a certain level of the things you, which you were talking about, uh, the first point that you make when we're talking about K through 12, I think partially this can be extended also into college and university today. Sure. Um, and I think that the, the thing that you describe as two phases, right? One phase has to do with the fact that education at first, um, we started thinking of education differently. 
when we started this project of having mass education, right? Mm. Because until this education was something for few people, right? There was this exclusiveness about it, right? There was this idea that you were part of this secret circle almost or very, uh, very, how can we say, um, you were really part of an elite, so to speak, right? And yeah, you were yeah. doing this because... And it was connected to, to different things, wrongly so, right? I'm not saying that we should go back to that, uh, just in case, you know, always, <laughs> always want to clarify that. But there was this idea that if you had access to that, you had something, you were special, right? There was right. something special about that. And because there was something special, I think the way in which you went about it and the way you were taught was different. This was a larger than, being educated was larger than just being prepared for society or for the world, there was something more. And I have, you know, I think I think we're missing that. And then the moment in which everybody goes there, everybody is going to school now, well, then at that point, obviously things are different. Then at that point, there's no exclusive, exclusivity anymore. Then becomes a mass product, right? It's the same yeah. thing that happens, and again, not apple to apples here, right? Uh, the same thing with food, right? Until you, if you buy food and this this exclusive place, that they only they specialize only in this specific stuff, and it's raised the animal in a specific way or the vegetable in a specific way, right? And blah blah blah, uh, you're fine, and there's no need to produce a lot of it, so you don't put any chemicals, you don't do anything, you don't mm-hmm. spray them, whatever it is, and the taste is great, is you know whatever whatever it is, right? If you had to mass produce something then things are different. Absolutely. Especially if you had to make it profitable, which is the second part yeah. of which you were talking about, right? The moment you start making something profitable, that's a problem because then on a certain, on a certain point, uh, from a certain perspective, I want to say, um, you, can't, you can't concentrate on the long-term effect of this process. But you need to concentrate on what's happening tomorrow because I need to balance a budget. I need to have enough money to run all these extra things that I need to run. And this is true for schools and colleges as well. So the moment this thing became for profit, as you're saying, one way or another, right? The moment we need to look to to not be running a loss right there, right? That's when things start going down. This is at least from one perspective, I want to say. Yeah, and I I tend to agree with that. And like a kind of side conversation to have at, at another time then would be to say that there's there's some services and goods um, for which the profit model works. There are other goods and services that it might not work for, right? And perhaps yes. education is one of these. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. We could talk about that that later, but... It seems to be the case that sometimes the consumer is right, right? And they demand a better product and then, you know, the company delivers. Yeah. (laughs) However, when you talk about consumers and education, uh, it's not the same thing. It's not like I want a better electronics device. It's not like I want um, better food. Uh, It's not like I want a a better car. It's like I just want to do the least amount possible. And still get an A, right? So that's yes. your consumer. And yes. if you if you uh, take this approach of like the customer is always right, as mm-hmm. colleges do now, then that means basically 
the student can get anything he or she wants if they complain hard enough because the administration wants to keep their money. Yeah. And so standards get lowered and college becomes this, let's say, like a simulacra, right? It's like the illusion because all this stuff is happening, but Mm -hmm. not everyone knows it's happening because people still say things like, you got to go to college and get an education. Oh, she has a degree. And I think I was saying this in our previous episode, like, that doesn't mean what most people <laughs> still think it means. And so there's this weird, like, faux veil that exists um, surrounding the word college and, and capital E education. And, and I don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> um, but it's certainly not good. Um, so, um, again, I think just to add another perspective to this, I think. I think that the model of, of you know, the, the, the profit model doesn't work here because we have forgotten something, right? That in theory, the return, the profit that we're going to gain from education is not money, right? But it should be having, uh, I don't know, educated people, mm. young people that actually eventually will flourish, right? That's what we have forgotten. We have forgotten that the goal of this is not to make money, but it should be to pave the way for people to live the good life, right? Mm-hmm. This is forgotten. And it's forgotten because instead we look at the profit that has to happen tomorrow. Hmm. And regarding the, the fact that you were saying, well, the, the, the consumer is not always right in this case, um, I'm going to say I'll raise that by saying <laughs> that uh, this is the only situation where the consumer has no idea what the product <laughs> is. That's they good. don't know. That's the, I mean, if one of the things, and again, we'll, we'll get there eventually, one of the things that education does for you is to expose you to new stuff, to new things, to new ideas. If it is this process that puts you in a position where you are not comfortable or, or gives you access to things that weren't accessible to you before, which is what education should do, at least partially, right? Mm. Then it's evident that you don't know what you're supposed to do. You don't know any better. You don't know if you're, of course, you, know, you don't want to study five hours a day. Uh, but maybe you don't know that that's what you need to do. <laughs> right, right. And you, it's like nobody wants to exercise, I, at least I don't, but <laughs> but you do it because you think that this is a benefit for you that's beneficial to you in one way or another. One is the body, the other one is the mind maybe. Uh, and I think that that is, that is fundamental to, to, to understand. And otherwise, again, we're in trouble because otherwise we really are like, like phones, right? Uh, mm. I want a new phone, and if the phone doesn't work the way I want it, I'll return it. Let me speak right. to the manager. Exactly. If it is, but even you know, you get a product, and maybe it's too complex, it's over complex for you, or you didn't expect it to be one way. Most companies, you'll return it, and they give you your money back, right? Uh, what for us? If you get to a class and it's too much work, you don't get your money back, right? Right. right. Uh, and you can start complaining and. Most likely, you'll get, you know, you'll you get granted some form of wish. And even if case. if not uh, administratively, even like the fact that you could spread a reputation, Absolutely. right? And so you could say things that are blatantly untrue about a professor, right? Yeah. And then no one ever gets the chance to know that that's not true. Because since they heard this about someone, like, oh, I'm not going to take that person's class, yeah. right? <laughs> Absolutely. And it's tragically, it happens more and more. 
but then again, this is probably one more reason why we should we should clarify again that this is not necessarily education what you're getting there, uh, and and um, to um, to finish up on on the points that you were making before, you were saying well, uh, today they were still saying oh. Yeah, he or she has a college degree, right? Mm-hmm. Or you need to go to college and things like that. I think that uh, people are less less naive than what we think sometimes about mm. this thing. I think that uh, at least my understanding is more like that. These people are telling you you need to go through this process because this will grant you access to such and such opportunities, but. Again, people are less naive. They don't think that you're actually learning anything. I don't think nobody believes that anymore. Hmm. I mean, that or, may be the case. Very, may, very few people would really believe. I think that the attitude is more, especially, in, I mean, again, when I move here, uh, that was one of the stark contrasts. Over here, it seems to be like, yeah, this education thing, you need to do it because it's it's kind of one more hurdle to select the people that are going to be at the top, right? If you can pay your way up to this, then eventually you will gain whatever position in society. It's like if you uh, if you can waste five more years or four more years <laughs> studying without starving and maybe, you know, getting in debt and things like that, if you do this the right way, now, of course, not if you take philosophy or uh, art or anything like that, but if mm. you play your cards right, then you will be granted a specific position. Which is so weird because if it's true mm-hmm. that that people, as you're saying, know that mm-hmm. it's all this charade, then everyone's walking around like doing this dance in front of each other. And it's like, I'm doing the dance and I know you're doing the dance and you know I'm doing it, but we're still going to do it. And so there's this weird show happening that we don't acknowledge. I, but I'm serious. I really believe that is that it is really an, um, a system that we have put in place to preclude everyone to get at the same place. Mm. It is okay to say, I think it's easier to justify that Mark and John, who didn't go to college, make $12 an hour. And then there is Rick and Steve who went to college and make, they make 20, right? Hmm. It's not really the knowledge that they've acquired through college, but it's the fact that they've been in school longer. They have demonstrated somewhat the ability to balance some things, but it's nothing to do with knowledge most of the time, I believe. It, yeah, it's just a signal. It shows that you could start something and finish it. Yes, so. and, it's, and it also means that, I mean, it's sad to say, but I also think that it really benefits more people that can afford it in this mm. country specifically, right? So there's still a process of exclusion of less fortunate people, right? Let's huh. put it this way. I don't know. My perspective on this, like in my generation at least, uh, that doesn't seem to be a thing in the same way it used to be thought because it's like one of the because problems I was going to bring up is that now everyone goes. You were saying this mm-hmm. earlier. So everyone takes out loans, Um, and so now everyone's paying these loans forever, but like the entry barrier is not there in the same way. Mm -hmm. And some people think that's a good thing. Um, but I think there's an argument to be made that it's a bad thing because when there is an entry barrier, you, you care about the thing more. It's like we were saying, it's like 
wow, if I have to do something special in order to obtain these things, then my obtaining them means something more. So to apply uh, some general principles here, I think one would be if something is scarce, that adds more value to it, right? And so mm -hmm. this is one problem with the super democratization um, yeah. of institution, uh, educational institutions because it's like, okay, now everyone has a bachelor's, so it's like no one has a bachelor's, then this will creep up to the master's, and of course. hopefully it, it doesn't get further than that. Um, and the other idea is, in addition to there being a kind of by-definition value loss due to the less scarcity, there's also a loss of, hmm, how do I say this without sounding bad? Um, <laughs> it's okay, sound bad. Don't okay, worry about <laughs> I'm thinking concern and talent. Okay. Be, like, so you were saying originally that it used to be exclusive, and you don't want to say mm -hmm. it wants to go back to that, and I get what you mean, and, you know, in general, I would agree with that. However, mm -hmm. it does seem to be, like, it's, it's not good to tell everyone that they should go to college because it's not for everybody. Like it was never designed to be the common person's thing. It's for these people who want to engage in theory and engage in policy and do these things. But now it's like, oh, everyone could go. So you have this weird situation where there are these teachers who have integrity and students who don't. And there's this discrepancy between expectations because the professor's like, wait, I'm still here trying to mm -hmm. like, be part of your process of enlightenment whatever that means and i expect you to work hard and the student's like wait what i'm just going because everyone my age goes because yeah. that's what my parents say because that's what the the media tells me that's what facebook tells me well and i think that that is uh basically partially what i was saying the fact that you know you are playing a game right there's this idea that you need to be part of this game and you need to go and so on i'm a little bit skeptic about the fact you're saying that everybody goes true uh, at what cost, though, right? And and the problem is, why do people go, right? Mm -hmm. and the reason is parents have told them, but also uh, there are certain... We have college degrees for professions that didn't require college Absolutely. degree before, yeah. right? And the problem is that now we think that college is this pre-work training, which is the other issue, right? It has become a pre-work training. Uh, a training that you pay for yourself, mm -hmm. a very expensive one most of the time, and that eventually will lend you to become a welder. Or I remember I was shocked, and again, this is going to sound terrible, but uh, <laughs> I was shocked to learn that there is a college degree to become a hairstylist. I know, I know. It's bad. And it's, I mean, nothing wrong. I'm not saying that I want, especially now that eventually I'll cut my hair when this thing opens up. Oh, no. I, I want people to be competent about cutting my hair. But do people really need to go three years to college? Four years to college? It doesn't seem like it. Like, you could say these are valuable positions and they could be lucrative positions, but they don't need to fit into the college model like I, you can do votech for example or apprenticeships mm -hmm. like these things are unfortunately frowned upon like they have a bad yeah. uh, connotation like oh she went to votech but they shouldn't it's like hey if yeah. you could just get good at the thing you're doing by a apprenticing uh with someone 
that's that's how it was always done and how it should be done. And honestly, uh, I mean, even Aristotle would say you learn how to play the lyra by playing the lyra, right? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, this is, I mean, it, of course, it becomes pointless if if you're going to school to become a hairstylist and you had to take philosophy and you had to take. <laughs> Uh, I'll add to, I mean, maybe math, geometry, form, stuff like that. Maybe that's important. But even to take, I don't know, uh, physics or to take all, it's, again, I, and I'm using scientific uh, uh, specifics, uh, specific disciplines for a reason, because it's not that philosophy is the useless one here, while you still, if you, you need to do biology, because you need to know the biology of people's hair while you cut it. No, you don't. <laughs> of course you don't. And, of course, for the person that's going there and he really has the vocation to become a hairstylist, that's what the person wants to do because it makes money or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Of course, it's, the person is going to look at me and be like, why am I studying these dead dudes from 700 years before Christ? Right, right. How is this related to this? Is, and people will, will think in their mind, I think, that this is a scam, right? You're scamming me of $1,000, $2,000, depending where you go, how, much, how many credits, whatever it is, things that I don't know. And the problem is the because we want, uh, as we were saying before, this mass education thing that everybody needs to go to school now and everybody needs to be equal from that perspective. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter if you're going to become a politician or a philosopher, an engineer, or a hairstylist. You need to be granted access to this thing. Yeah, and instead of politely and thoughtfully and i think rightfully making the case for or against this idea of college being necessary and for everyone we do the wrong thing like it's like instead of trying to have people adapt to the university we adapt the university to people and that's Mm -hmm. bad because i mean there's so many for all the reasons we're saying Mm -hmm. and it's and again, and we're doing a disservice to two categories, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing a disservice to the people that really want to do the theoretical work that university is supposed to be, right? But we're also doing a disservice to the people that don't care for this. Mm. Uh, which, again, the hairstylist that says, why do I need to study philosophy to cut hair, right? Uh, and I think that, again, I don't want this to sound like, well, hairstylists are not supposed to be granted uh an education they shouldn't take philosophy yeah definitely not what we're saying it's too low they're too low no that's not the point right the point here is if you don't want to you shouldn't be forced into it in order to access the job market yeah there shouldn't be this weird red tape for you to become a welder or, or a business person even like why not becoming a business person by doing business and practicing exactly. out in the field so to speak exactly. i know um Back, back in Montclair, Dr. Kogan used to like loathe the new, they, they spent millions of dollars on this new business building uh, while oh continually cutting, <laughs> you know, funding for all these other things. Of course. And it's, it's interesting. Um, and I think that it, in this model where we are, it should be actually starting to be easier to understand that what we're talking about here is not education anymore, but it is this pre-job, pre-work training pretty much that's all there is to it that's all it is yeah. education it's different education should be different um and, but i think that we are starting 
we are blinded by the fact that we're going, again, this is going to go in a different direction now, but okay. we are, we have gone so far into data-driven perspective of universe, of the universe and knowledge in general, right? We think that all it, we need to do is collect data and use this data and pass this data on and information mm. from a purely quantitative perspective, then now we have transformed education in this transfer almost of, of data. Um, and of course, if you see it that way, you're collecting, you know, you start in, in kindergarten, you start collecting, you're, you're putting those information in the backpack, right? And you know more. And this knowledge, this collection of data, it's called ends up being called education. And the bigger your backpack is, eventually, the more you know and you should be awarded a specific position. Hmm. While at the end of the day, we have lost, uh, most likely, uh, the main characteristic of education, which I think uh, it's, it's the undertone of everything that we've been saying, right? This idea of doing things just because you have to, because you're being more or less pushed to. Uh, What's lost? What is the thing that is lost? I think it's the first part of, of philosophy, right? The first part of the word philosophy. It is the law of aspect, the law of a knowledge, the knowledge for the sake of it, right? The, 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 the love in, in the sense of, uh, and the love and wonder for new stuff that's lost. And without that, everything becomes just calculation and data collection. Sure, it's, it's no longer, as Aristotle will say, um, like seeking answers to these, this profound curiosity and awe at mm -hmm. the universe. It's no longer about that. And I'm thinking in, in Heidegger's terms now, it's like we've traded meditative thinking for calculative thinking, right? Absolutely. Just like we're busy and on the way, as Nietzsche would say, just like thinking of, you know, this for that and this for that and this for that. And it's all calculative and quantitative, as you, quantitative, as you said. Um, and, it's bad for so many reasons. And I'm just going to go back really quick to what we were saying before. It's bad for everyone because it screws with expectations because you have mm -hmm. people who are involved in this, like educators who were like, wait, 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 what? I thought we were here to do this thing. And the administrators are doing something different and the students are thinking something different. So there's this total misalignment of expectations that's not being explicitly addressed. And I think step one is addressing them, but of course, if that ever happened, this would cause some big rupture, you know, between different camps in the university. Um, Absolutely. And I mean, well, maybe that has to happen. Maybe it will happen. I don't know. <laughs> and this calculative thing there, right, there, which you, that you're describing, that is the justification for the way things work today, though, right? Mm -hmm. Isn't that at the end of the day? Because, of course, if it's just a matter of calculation, oh, dear, Stylus needs to go to college, too, right? That's right. <laughs> Uh, because at, at that, well, the the business person needs to go to college too. Because that's that's all we're doing. We're just, and the you know I hate this this way of saying like you know when you go to college you take all these classes that might seem not related to your field, but this is to make you a well-rounded person. Right. Like, what does that mean? I mean that was what high school was for, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what does that mean? That doesn't mean anything. And, and, and the problem, of course, is not that I think that wants to want to be an engineer and needs to study math all his life or anything like that. I just mean that 
again, it's not a bag that you fill with notions. Being educated, which is, I think, what is well-rounded is supposed to mean, right? Being educated should be something different, should have something to do with experiencing something that's other, not just because you're forced to, but because you are enamored with it, right? You're in love with this other. You are kind of really seeking this other because it's different from you, right? Yeah. And you want to uh, conquer it without destroying it, so mm, to speak. You right? want to integrate if, the other, right? The yes. new. Yeah, you want to, and you want to become new as well, right? I always talk about this transformative experience. At the end of the day, uh, this is what it should be probably, right? It should be this integrating the other, not in the sense of making it yours, right? But rather in being reborn, hmm. still in relation with this other that still remains other, that remains not completely conquerable. That you still something that you still desire, so to speak, right? Yeah, and I mean, it's it's not like we're saying, oh, you should put on blinders and not be well-rounded. It's just mm -hmm. like when you make people who want to be mechanics do all of this other stuff under the guise of well-roundedness, that's not that's not good, right? And I think about people like my dad, right? Who's in uh, he's he does like maintenance, uh, pipe mm -hmm. fitting and welding for his whole life, and he never went to college, and yet he was able to make this career for himself, which is very lucrative compared to mm -hmm. other people who went to college right mm -hmm. he didn't need to you don't need to. this is just proof that that we did it before and we could do it again and it's sad that th these kinds of things no longer exist as means for people because there's all this pressure to be to become something that i'm not and all these weird dances we have to do but to you know return to what you were saying briefly about transformation and opening up and enlightenment um Maybe that's something we could talk about in the next episode because here we focused on the structural uh, problems and we tried to work out the definition a little bit. And, but now we should maybe talk about what, what goes into that true transformative and learning experience. Does that sound good? Yeah, it sounds perfect. All right, see you around. See you around. <laughs>